Crafty Radio, episode 344, on August 7th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. It was, this was 1985's uh, song, uh, rock, top rock song billboard for four months, for four weeks in August. Good song. We've done it before, but it's a good song. Yeah, yeah, it's a good Dire Straits song. Welcome to the show where we are doing, well, we have a couple of international beers, we have a couple, uh, a couple fruit beers. And excellent computer graphics. Yeah, for the, the time. <laughs> for the time, yes. Yeah, so um, you want to start with the interesting one? Or oh, do you think that's going to leave a taste in our mouth? Well, that's a good question. Um, so we have this beer. It's uh, Dave was over in Germany for work, and he brought some beers back. And this is the 2.5 original. And this is like half beer, half cola. cola but it says like it has aspartame and saccharin and, and phenol. Alan Quell and yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, I mean, it's only two point five percent alcohol. We could I, save it for the. I, end. I think we should save it because what if it just, just ruins our okay. palate with All right. that? All right, L- let's let's go with the pills then. So we're going to do another one that Dave brought. This is the Kronbacher. I hope I'm pronouncing that some even close to correct. I think that's good. Pills. This is uh. 4.8% alcohol by volume. It is. They say every tenth pills consumed in Germany comes from Kronbach. In Germany, each second, 60 glasses of Kronbacher pills are enjoyed. Every second. Nice. Every second, 60 glasses. Yeah, I doubt that number is... Uh... <laughs> I doubt there's actually being... <laughs> Sorry, we've already had our 60 this second. You have yeah. to wait a second before you can get your next glass of Kronbacher. Yeah, these are these are real German cans. They're yep. half liter cans. Uh, there's no Surgeon General warning on it. There is uh, nothing in English except for the numbers. We have an SRM of probably about four. It's a very light straw color, clear, nice clarity on the beer. It well, maybe has a little bit of a golden golden touch to it. Maybe around five or six. It's hard to say in this light. Has a nice uh, kind of foamy head. Hops yeah. and grain. Hops and grain. Yeah, you're getting. Uh, first thing I noticed really was kind of um, some kind of. Um, Trying to figure out how to describe it. I was getting esters actually, like some some oh. yesterday. Like, remember when we were tasting all those loggers at the oh, Anheuser Busch yeah. thing, right? And you were getting, you know, you could actually smell esters coming off of the Anheuser Busch yeast. You know, that's really the first thing I smelled. I smelled the esters from the yeast and some spiciness from the hops um, were the first two things I smelled. And the esters were a bit bubblegummy, but you know, just a touch, right? Not not super Belgian style bubblegum or anything. They're like definitely that. there. I I I. When you pointed it out, I definitely, you know, my mind went right to it. So I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. And then on my second sniff, I'm able to smell some of that Pilsner malt, yeah. that biscuity, you know, graininess that's in there as well. So they do mention this uses pure mountain spring water. So 
listen to the free show if you want to know why that's funny to us. It smells good. I'm just getting those kind of three or four things off of it. It's not really changing too much on the aroma. Nice bitterness. Yeah, just what you want in a good German pills. Yeah. You know, there's this nice kind of crisp bitterness that kind of leads. And then you get some of that biscuitiness from the pills from all to kind of follows up. Um, finishes with a moderately sweet uh, aftertaste. You know, it's not too dry. Mm. A little buttery. Mm-hmm. Not like uh, diacetyl buttery, but like uh, just the, the biscuit quality has like a little aspect of buttered biscuit to it maybe mm-hmm. really drinkable mm-hmm. yeah very crisp and clean yeah sort of like the you know your prototypical german you know what you'd expect out of a good german pilsner i think it's uh hitting its marks pretty well if i were to compare it to i guess the closest uh would be the trimmer i still think the trimmer was probably a, a bit better the trimmer i remember really just we were I think jonesing that, on the trimmer. It's been a while. If I was, you know, trying to compare my recollection to this, this one has a little bit more of that biscuity butteriness yeah. where the trimmer was a little more spicy hop forward. Yes, I think that's probably the case. Yeah, I think th- this is... A li- yeah, it's a, the malty qualities are a little bit more present. Um, I'm looking for those... Um, esters that I smelled yeah. and you can kind of taste those a little bit they're kind of right in the middle you know like when the hops start to fade out you kind of get some of that and again it's kind of like a maybe like a saltwater toffee or a bit of bubble gum or something like that in there now they mentioned water but I believe that Pilsner's they do they have really soft water is that yeah, uh, yeah. soft water and so yeah like I, I don't really taste a bunch of minerally stuff in here so uh, you know don't you know we know that granite taste that we get from other stuff so it does have a, a quality to it that comes from there yeah yeah Pilsners are generally brewed with uh, soft water Pilsen is known for you know very low mm-hmm. total of dissolved solids in their water so I mean there's some in there I don't know the water profiles by memory offhand i just know it's lower than others and uh yeah so you're kind of getting this if you think about like i'm gonna start sounding like martin uh, <laughs> the, the piece the uh the water song we had a bit of a twitter exchange with him today uh you know like uh and you drink like soft water or um not necessarily ro water because our water is such a blank palette but soft water it kind of has this kind of I want to use the word sudsy, but sudsy's not really right, right? It's kind of a little bit more slick. You know, it just rolls off a little bit Rolls easier. off a little bit, yeah. So you, when you look for that when you're drinking something like mm-hmm. this, you know, you can actually, I, I kind of can feel it and um, yeah. putting myself in the, that place. How much of that is psychosomatic? I don't know. Um, I tend to think that as you get more and more adept at uh, tasting things, you, you do start to pick out things. Um but we we always do mention that having uh having at least markers on a map mm-hmm. is very helpful. If we didn't know what this beer was at all, we were completely blind. We might not pick. Who out knows these what things. we would have called yeah. it, right? You just never know until you do it. That was one. Of, we did a listeners may know this. New listeners may not. We did a show a while back where we 
We did blind shows before, but we actually did a blindfolded show where we couldn't see what we were drinking before, and that was difficult. And we got some things really wrong. Yeah, like there was a stout, American stout, and we thought it was an IPA or something like that because it just seemed so hoppy, and we missed the roasty part of it. And we got some interesting angry mail <laughs> uh, from that indicating that we didn't know what we were talking about. But uh, it's a great experience. Everyone yeah. should try to do some blindfolded beer tasting. It really is fascinating when you don't know what you're getting. And like we said, when, like I said, when you don't have any mile markers, when you just you're completely adrift, you will pick out things that you wouldn't necessarily pick out, and you and and you will convince yourself. Yeah, you'll there, reinforce. You'll, that, you'll start yeah. walking down the wrong trail, and you'll mm-hmm. reinforce it, and that's that's the hard part. I mean, you know, we're pretty well established tasters, not super tasters, mm-hmm. we're not professionals by any means, but uh, I would think that when you're a true pro, you don't reinforce right that you kind of stick and stay open and and find your flaw as you're going. Very nice and drinkable. This is. Um... I mean, it's just a good beer. Yeah, it's well, it's well made. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm satisfied with how I summed it up. You know, nothing, nothing new. It's not more, it doesn't develop. You know, mm-hmm. like some crazy, um, maybe like this uh, <laughs> rum barrel yeah. quad that we're coming up on later. Uh, you know, that. I tell you this, I love it. It's in a can. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about it getting light struck. No green bottle, anything yep. like that. In fact, they're, they're they bought it a clear bottle. No, even, that's brown. Oh, uh, well, brownish. Yeah, it's a, it's also just a you know marketing photo, but yeah. that, that's a brown bottle. Um, yeah, yeah, cans. You know, we we've, we've talked all about cans. And uh, if I was buying, it's Ger- very gassy. This one, There's a lot of carbonation. If, if I was buying German imports, I would definitely look for you know these canned mm-hmm. uh, bottle cans of beer. All right, well, after all our talk about cans, let's move on to some bottles. All right. I suppose the first thing we should go for is the cream ale, the Carolina strawberry. All right. So this is from Foothills. Foothills uh, is known for their... Oh, it is Foothills. Huh. That's interesting. I thought it was. So I got, got this beer... When I met Dave down at Devil's Backbone, we traded some of his North Carolina beers for some of my Virginia beers. And I saw Carolina Strawberry, I saw the White House, and in the Outer Banks, there's the North Carolina Brewing Station. So I just figured it was their beer, until he said Foothills. (laughs) Foothills is known for sexual chocolate. Yeah, they got a bunch. Uh, I stopped there a bunch a couple years ago when I was working for NetApp and... uh, Took the opportunity to drove down mm-hmm. and uh, rolled an Asheville trip into it and drove across the state and had lunch at Foothills. It was not just sexual chocolate day, so I didn't get to get any of that. Unfortunately, four point three percent alcohol by volume. They call the color two point three SRM. Yeah, I don't buy that. Uh, this looks like. I mean, this this is close <laughs> to nine. <laughs> yeah, this thing's like a golden color. Yeah, almost copper. Six IBUs. That's you know. I don't expect much out of a, much bitterness out of a cream ale. And um, they put strawberries in it, from what I can tell. Don't really have much on their website about it. 
That's what the label suggests. Cream ale brewed with real strawberries, not crunch berries. <laughs> the aroma on this one's kind of interesting, and it's not really what you'd expect. I'm trying to dial in on it. Well, the, the strawberry aroma is light on this one. It's right? light. It's, not... it's almost like white part of the strawberries, or you know, it's making me think of like interesting, you know, underripe. Well, keep in mind the <clears throat> aroma profile you get from a cream ale is different from. You know your typical, mm-hmm. uh, right? Your typical ales. It, it has some interesting qualities to it because it's made with uh, lager yeast. Hmm. The more I smell it, um, I'm you know I'm. <laughs> I think the word cream is, is like messing me up and uh-huh. like making me think because i'm like i'm imagining like strawberries and cream but like not no no no, no yeah, yeah you know and then now i'm thinking of little debbie makes these cake rolls right they're uh white cake they have a strawberry filling and then like uh white chocolate on it and now i'm like thinking of that but the strawberry is not as That's so processed yeah but yeah. the strawberry in this isn't that kind of potent yeah strawberry filling type aroma like i said it's like almost like a raw strawberry to me so like i just think for some reason cream even though i know it's cream ale and cream ales aren't creamy necessarily right uh i I think just for some reason cream ales are creamy the same way that extra special bitters are bitter (laughs) right to a point they have some of those characteristics but they're not that's a good good point yeah so i just think that the word got like stuck in my head and like it's just running amok with my imagination all right let's give this a try that's an interesting flavor i wasn't expecting that yeah it comes across almost like it's kettle soured you know the strawberries are kind of tart it's a I think a really good use for that just one sip. The, the strawberries don't taste medicine or no, overpowering. And they come their... across really potent, like a strawberry shortcake in the late late part of the aftertaste, too. They come across really fresh, ripe strawberry. Strawberries are so much more apparent and better in the flavor than they were in the aroma. Yeah. And there's that tanginess. I don't know if it's just the acid from the strawberries or... It, but you know, for me, it tastes more like a Berliner than a cream ale. You know, I'm getting this like significant tang in the taste. I think that you know that's an interesting point you make, and I wonder if if this is something that is true. Like when when these fruit flavors come in strong right away, they can start to feel medicine-y. But this one doesn't come in strong. It builds at the end. Mm-hmm. And that, the the medicine equality doesn't doesn't come out because of that. Maybe. I'd... Also, we talked about water softness in the uh-huh. last one. When you drink this one, doesn't it just feels like the water has much more mineral content to mm-hmm. it, right? There's kind of this, there's a little bit of chalkiness in there. But it just has, like, the pressure on your tongue just feels more it's not as soft a beer yeah it just feels like slightly you know we say chewy slightly crunchier like like there's just mm-hmm. just a little bit more solidity to it yeah. a little more viscosity just barely 
Yeah, this is interesting. I'm in, I'm enjoying drinking it. It's four point three. This is sessionable, and this mm. is um, a, a nice drinker. I think this will. This is this is probably be really good. You know, pay after painting your house. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, the night bit, the nice bit of strawberry. Then now, what I will say though is that if you're looking for the sort of the the cream ale qualities, I think they're overshadowed by. The strawberry. They're definitely, much. but but it's not overpowering, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really enjoying the tanginess of it. Yeah, it gives it. It really cuts any kind of uh, sweetness that you know a cream ale could have. Where cream ales are pretty malty, they mm-hmm. don't have a high hop profile. You're getting some bittering characteristics from the acidity of the fruit, and yeah. it gives it a really good balance. Yeah, it makes it go down very smooth because of that. So you don't get this this sweet build up. Instead, you get a tart build up, and I don't know. As you get more, I guess as you get older, the sweet build up is not as in, interesting to you. It starts to get less. Uh, you know, when, we don't like sweets as much now, right? Uh, I still like sweets just as much as I always did. Really? I just like, yeah, I think so. I still like a pretty sweet uh, dessert, whatnot. I enjoy more. Th- I I enjoy more flavors. Let I me mean, put it this way: when I was a kid, those Hershey's darks were disgusting to me. Well, sure. I'm not saying yeah. I, but I mean I now like a dark chocolate is awesome. Okay, so I don't like Hershey's milk chocolate. No, right. Yeah. But I mean, like a super triple chocolate cake, you know, like like flourless cake type thing or whatever. You know, I don't know if if it's over sweet. Like I'm suspecting the two point five might be. Like like a cola to me is like way too sweet. Yeah. So like when it comes to sugary drinks, yeah, I, those things are too sweet. But like when it comes to sugary sweet desserts, I haven't hit that yet. Mm. Um, but I do appreciate, you know, very obviously doing the show, mm-hmm. appreciate a very wide range of not sweet things as well. All right. So now we have some interesting directions we, we can go. Stick in. with the strawberry. I gotta stick with the strawberry. Abita was this. They sent us this. This one. was sent to us by Abita. Thank you, Abita. This is their Straw Gator. It is a. Excuse me. I opened the cap and got a fresh whiff of strawberries filled the room. Well. Yeah, this is a strawberry doppelbach. Golden doppelbach. Look mm-hmm. at that. It's not very dark. Doesn't look no. like what you'd expect from a doppelbach. So that's interesting. So, so they have their normal beer called Andy Gator, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a Doppelbach? I thought that was an IPA for some reason. Uh, let me look it up. I had assumed that Straw Gator was Andy Gator with strawberries, but now I seem to have this recollection that Andy Gator is not a Doppelbach. Uh, yeah, it's a Hellas Doppelbach. Oh, okay. So this is, yeah, this must be Andy Gator with... Uh, they call it the fusion of strawberry harvest lager with uh, Andy Gator. Okay. So malted barley, wheat, and uh, perlay hops. 8% alcohol by volume, 27 IBUs. They call the color 8, and I'd say that's probably close to right in the SRM scale. Yeah, works for me. Right. Very potent oh, yeah. strawberry Big aroma strawberry. here. 
it comes across like the strawberry aroma. Maybe you get out of a strawberry yogurt or um, what else would be that potent? Strawberry ice cream? Strawberry ice cream. He's even more potent than that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like so. Let's start thinking about like strawberry syrup, like this, like the the Sunday topping syrup, like you know, that kind of thing. Strawberry quick. <laughs> that doesn't taste like strawberries. I don't know. It smells like like a strawberry compote. Yeah, it, yeah. Or if you ever make, you know. Strawberry shortcake, right? Mm-hmm. Where you take the strawberries, you put sugar in, and the juice comes out. Yeah, you, know, you smell that juice. That's kind of where I'm getting it. the the aroma is changing a little bit for me. But now I'm kind of like at that strawberry shortcake juice. And it smells like there's a little tartness in here too. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a little bit of creaminess in the aroma. I keep thinking of that. You know, I mentioned strawberry yogurt earlier, but now I'm getting that strawberries and cream again. It's just stuck in my head, I guess. Uh, you know, it's a Doppelbock. I'm not smelling anything. It's a, it's a, you know, Doppelbocks can be on the golden side. Generally, they have a lot more uh, kettle caramelization and melanoins in it, so they're darker. This one, but I've seen gold ones before. The aroma's not really carrying too much maltiness behind all that strawberries that I can get to. Well, give it a taste. Because that is um, that's definitely sweet on the palate. <laughs> that's strawberries. That's a lot of strawberries. That's kind of like it's like drinking that strawberry shortcake juice. Mm-hmm. And you know that angel food cake. You know that's along with it. You know, kind of fits in there too. And I think that's it's a little problem that I may be having with the beer is that it feels a little a little processed it's it's bringing to mind a strawberry twinkie yeah and while it's not really medicine-y and extracty right. it does have it doesn't seem as natural as the strawberry yeah. in the last one so and it could be a, a you know it could be a um a uh, flight. Flight. Thank you. Yes. We are both very late twenties. Starting to lose our words for things. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be a flight thing. It's because we had that strawberry first, and then we're having a different strawberry, a different sweetness, mm-hmm. a different sweetness caliper altogether. So, and it's really deployed quite differently yeah. than the last one. Yeah. This one is, I think, strawberry Twinkies is a good call, right? I mean, Twinkies is kind of an angel food cake. Mm-hmm. I think a very ge- sweetened, generally yeah. an angel food cake, and uh, the strawberry. So that's kind of what you're thinking of: strawberry shortcake, strawberry Twinkies. So from an ale brewed with lager yeast or ale brewed lager temperature, is the cream? cream ale is. Uh, why are you quizzing me right now? I'm trying to remember, uh, and, and I'm hoping that you you remember exactly what it is, because the the steam beer is brewed with lager yeast, right? But at ale temperatures, at ale temperatures, and a Kolsch is the ale brewed ale matured at lager temperatures. I'm not sure the brewing process for cream ales. 
because there's not that many and I would yeah. never ever make one. <laughs> but it went from that from 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 that sort of um lagerish ale to an alish lager in the Well, it definitely is an alish lager, but that's probably because it's so fruity yeah. and cake-like. You're not getting any it really does not taste anything like a Doppelbock, any Doppelbock that I've ever tasted. It, I mean, it, it's an okay drinker. It's not getting too sweet. While it's very sweet beer, the sweetness isn't building. It's it's maintaining on my palate, so I'm able to get through my sample fine. So it's relatively drinkable. And uh, if you like sweet, fruity beers, I think this is right up your alley. So cream ales do use ale yeast, but they are cold fermented. Or they at least go through a lagering process right, where they right. are okay. um, cold conditioned. Best cream ale in the world. Let's see. What do we got? Genesee. <laughs> it's a Broner Drink Me Alive Lager Ale Brew Blend. McKellar number two. Wouldn't surprise me if McKellar had a really good. I saw a great tweet from Evil Twin. Uh-huh. It's like, notice we're not brewing a pumpkin beer this year. <laughs> but I, I looked into it a little bit, and it seems like McKellar has gone to using all natural ingredients. Or, mm, so or, they're going more Reinskabut? They, they said they weren't. Well, not right. Not, no, they're not okay. right Heinzkabut. They're just about like GMO and organic oh. or something. And I, it's he, when I first saw the tweet, I'm like, he's not brewing a pumpkin ale because pumpkin ale is overdone. But when I looked into it a little bit more, it seemed like he wasn't brewing a pumpkin ale because he couldn't find all natural pumpkin Mm. Ingredient or you know, so it was more of a complaint. We can't do a pumpkin beer because we can't get non-GMO pumpkins. I that's enough. what it that, yeah. that wasn't my first impression, but that's what I came away with. Mm. What the tweet meant. I'm all for <laughs> all for pumpkin beers if they're pumpkin beers. That's the that's always been the problem is that they never are pumpkin beers. They're extraordinarily rarely pumpkin beers. You know, I was talking with somebody, was it when I was on vacation? I can't remember, but someone actually had the opposite um, point of view, where they were complaining that pumpkin beers just tasted like gourds, and he wanted more spice. I'm like, what university you live in? I want a sample of your tongue, and I want to compare it to other tongues, because there's something weird going on there. <laughs> Or wires or cross, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we we disagree a lot, but we do generally think alike, and so our tastes are relatively close to each other. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody was completely different about how they tasted these things. Yeah, it's just you know someone complaining that you know he, his favorite beers are the spicy, you know, the pumpkin pie spice beers, and there's not enough of those. What that says to me is you you haven't drank enough of those because I think after a while you kind of get burned out on them as we did. I mean, hey, the, the first couple times I had pumpkin beers, those first couple of years, I loved them too. Did you really? I thought I did. Okay. <laughs> so I did, right? I mean, if I think I do, I do. Right. All right. So this beer is the Hop Hunter 
IPA from Sierra Nevada. I picked this one up at the store. And uh, it's because it's a pretty widely available beer. We yeah. talked about when it came out. I talked about how there's trademark confusion with Headhunter. Noisy Bar ordering a Headhunter versus a Hop Hunter. Uh, Has that come up? I mean... <laughs> it hasn't come up with Fatheads, yeah. the Headhunter. No, but I mean, have have you been in a bar where... Have they both been on? Yeah. No, I haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. But this was also the one where Lagunitas was complaining because... Right, this that's label, right. This oh, label God. is a departure from Sierra Nevada's normal labeling. Oh, And the IPA be. font yeah. could be confused for Lagunitas' IPA font. In some crazy alternate universe. Yes. If you're half blind... <laughs> And you don't see the big Sierra Nevada thing right on top of it. Right above it, yeah. 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 The, um, so the interesting thing about this beer, which you may or may not know, is uh, this is brewed with distilled hop oil. So they right. took wet hops, fresh hops, okay. and instead of drying them, they, went, they put it through some kind of distillation. So they used alcohol so, to, to get the stuff out and then distilled that? I, 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 do, I, do not, I do not know the process. Yeah. I just know they distilled the essence of fresh hops. So hmm. they could do a harvest beer or something like a harvest beer year round. Doesn't distillation purely apply to alcohol? They called this distilled hop oil. Yeah, it but I, could I, I, just be a but short I'm saying thing. that that would mean they use they, they use alcohol as a solvent to well, take you the... can you can use a, well, you no, you can extract no, oils you can use, you, because you can have distilled stills, water, right? Well, and that's just, well, there's that, yeah. but also people use stills to make perfumes, right? And you right. can make mint oil and stuff. Yeah, so it's just so they they use so they could use water as a solvent just to 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 get the the hop oils out uh, and then just boil it down to the point. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to really speculate. I mean, but they have some kind of still that they ran the fresh hops through. And they feel that this captures the essence of a harvest beer without the... Okay, well, there's there's a whole... If you want to go to their website, there is a whole video they have, which is also on YouTube. Look up Hop, Hop Hunter IPA, what's, dis, what's Farm Distilled Hop Oil? And you can watch that if you'd like. This is 6.2% alcohol by volume, 60 IBUs. They use Bravo as the bittering hops, Cascade, Crystal, and Simcoe as their finishing hops. Two row pale caramel and flaked oats for the malts. So they actually have there's oats in here. Interesting. Uh, they also use like they say like as we've said the farm distilled hop oil and uh, other Cascade Centennial and CTZ. Interesting. I guess those are what's the, what's in the hot hop. Oil. Right. Yeah. So when you smell it, you smell hops. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hoppity hoppity hop. It's got that. It's got that spicy kind of ginger spice note. Okay, it's 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 starting to head towards the dank corner of the room, but it's not quite there. There is this. Um... Yeah, it feels like it's it's. There's a fence there protecting the, it from, the CTZ, from the like the Tom Hawk Zeus yeah. type hop. You know that seems to be coming through for me. Like that's what I'm noticing mostly. Where it's kind of this. Let me see if I can put some good words to it. It's um, kind of a grassy grapefruit pith 
Something like that. Okay, th- this is I find this interesting because a lot of brewers do this. They they put food pairing. Mm-hmm. This is one of their food pairing recommendations: hamburger with blue cheese and roasted red pepper. Well, geez, <laughs> how many beers won't go with that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Let's look at hamburger with blue cheese and roasted red pepper, though. No bacon. What the hell? Yeah, it, it's all hops on the nose. Although I do, I do notice that on on their cheese, they're recommending Stilton or other intense blue cheese. I've always said this: IPAs and blue cheese are it's a great combination. We just got a thing in the mail today from Samuel Adams. Yes, they sent us. There's three IPAs. They sent us the uh, Rebel Rouser, Rebel, Rebel, and uh, Rebel Rider. Rebel Rider. So it's a it's a session, an IPA, and a double IPA. And also sent us a bottle of Frank's Red Hot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? They have a press release. If you search for uh, Samuel Adams Hot Sauce Hot, you'll see a press release on PR Newswire. But they did a thing with the Culinary Institute of America, the CIA. And uh, the ones that we were mistaken for during Saber, Saber we checked into Saber with our uh, hotel rooms. Uh-huh. And dude... Uh, the renaissance is like you're with the cia and i didn't know what the heck he was talking about because i didn't realize that and so he said yes (laughs) (laughs) that's our cover or actually for a more secret agency uh anyway they did this thing where they're like hops and spice go together and they so they sent us you know the Mm -hmm. sam adams ipas and and frank's and i'm like but frank's isn't hot Frank's is tiny, tangy. I mean, yeah, it's like I said to you, well, they just should have sent us habanero sculpin. would have given him the thumbs up on that one. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have to read. I think the Frank's is to made to make hot wings. Yeah, I don't, they, I don't they, think they, they want They mentioned specifically buffalo wings, and yeah. the, the most standard accompaniment you find with buffalo wings is basically Frank's with butter in it. So... I understand what they're where they're coming from. It, it, they call it medium hot. It's it's pretty low on the hotness scale, but to 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 people who are used to hotness, but it's it can be. They, I mean, they make they make good points. They say that like for the double IPA, that's for the fiery food, the yeah. hot food. You know, their expectation of fiery in mind is quite different. But I agree, the solvency, of the alcohol, the mm-hmm. extra hop flavor, the bitterness. Look at habanero sculpin, right? I mean, that's a fiery beer. Hurts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you on the solvency of the alcohol. The alcohol is not huge, and, and beer is mostly water, so you're just going to end up spreading the capsaicin around. Uh, okay, I mean, from my experience, you know, a big double IPA, you know, maybe it, maybe it's mostly hops, but maybe maybe I'm putting too much weight on the alcohol. But I mean, sure, I think a double IPA with a fiery food, like they said, the hotter the Hotter the food, the bigger the IPA. The you know, and bigger in two dimensions. Sure, and and, I mean, and, and and I equated booziness too. But capsaicin is not alcohol soluble. It's not water soluble. So that's why more alcohol helps. But if you really want to get it out, use whole milk. Capsaicin is also fat soluble. So sure. I don't necessarily want to get it off. Get it out. I'm talking about you know complementary. Right. And maybe 
maybe the higher alcohol levels helps move the capsation around or I don't well, know. It grabs onto it and mm-hmm. so so it doesn't move around. The water moves it around. Okay. So it it the alkyl X is a solvent to grab the capsaicin. The water doesn't act as a solvent, so the water just spreads it around. So you're you're actually with a higher alcohol, you're decreasing the amount of capsaicin in your mouth. So you are effectively lowering the amount of capsaicin in there. So that may be why you you can with a higher alcohol beer, assuming this is correct, last longer with hotter stuff. But like I said, beer is mostly water still. You're still yeah. spreading it all around. Yeah, I mean, so there was good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting the bottle of Franks in the mail was kind of weird. Yeah, it, it, it was different. <laughs> when Jeff sent me the picture, I was like, what? <laughs> but uh, when you when you finally read the information, it, it made more sense. So let's go on to this beer. This is the Hop Hunter from, from Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada. I had to get that, that, that uh, breath this in. This is probably brewed in North Carolina. They don't say not not in English words. Okay, I'm not sure whether it's a distilled hop oil or not, but it feels it feels like the hops are very concentrated and peaking quite early. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different hop flavors that are coming across, but they're all kind. It feels like it's like it's a quick peak at the top, and then it kind of smooths out as it goes along. I'm getting some some things that I associate with harvest beer. I'm getting kind of that gritty, lupulin-y, kind of scratchy back of the throat towards the end of the taste. I'm getting a little bit of, uh, you know, it's a little greener, a little wetter hop flavor in the front than than a lot of IPAs. I'm getting a few things that are kind of indicative of of what they want to do of of making a harvest ale year round. Yeah, I, I I think there are some characteristics that are similar. I don't quite think it comes I mean, it, you know, part of the problem is they're not going to be able to come across exactly the same way. This is sort of their way of of attempting to do it in, in a reasonable mm-hmm. way. Uh, it, yeah, so it's not the same as, as a harvest beer comes across, but yeah, there are pieces of it that are similar. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I like to find is kind of that really bitter, kind of scratchy, gritty, lupulin mm-hmm. type thing. And you know, after a few sips, you generally start feeling it in the back of your throat. Yeah. Uh, I am getting that, so I'm kind of happy that I'm tasting that. I'm not getting that whole thing, I, you know. We often talk about how flavor is in flavor. You know, taste is a specific receptor in your tongue thing. Flavor is a brain thing. Flavor is a mind thing. It's mm-hmm. how it is how your mind combines it all together. I'm getting aspects of it, but I'm not getting the whole quality that I normally get. So I'm getting so it's like different parts of the matrix of of the matrix that that fills up that that quality are lighting up, but not the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, the more I drink it, the more it's it's kind of hitting home. I'm getting kind of sides of my tongue. I'm really salivating right now. Like I'm, I'm finding this really, really appealing. My tongue's like, yeah, bring it on. And I'm, 
salivating like crazy. And uh, I'm trying to put some flavors to that. It's kind of this... uh, uh, Any of the words I want to use are not good enough. Let me take them one more sip. I'm not uh, not buying it as much as you are, I guess. I I was, you know, somewhat skeptical coming in. But, you know, I'm liking the results. I remain skeptical. You, as you sure. <laughs> as is my one. Mm. It's still tasty. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer, I think I still prefer Torpedo. Yeah. Over this, but. Not bad. So, Jeff, let's say uh, you're a. You're a listener to the show. Yeah, and you need stuff. Stuff. Like any kind of stuff. Maybe you need Xylus bottle stoppers to stop your 22-ounce bottle of Straw Gator. Or maybe you need some nice glassware, like these Spiegel USA uh, beer tulips, which is the best beer glass that I've ever found. Absolutely. Or or maybe you need, uh, like, a new $10,000 server. For work, or of course you do. Maybe you need uh, some toothpaste. Right. You maybe need... you need some shirts. Maybe you need. Uh, maybe you need some sex toys. Who knows? Guess who has it? Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon has it. Has it all. And if you're a Prime member, free two-day shipping for only what ninety-nine dollars. Ninety ninety. That's not a Prime number. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's true. Um, what is the price now? It was seventy nine, right? Yeah, they raised it ninety one. I I don't know because seventy nine was a prime number. I thought they raised it to another prime number, but I don't know. Anyway, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Do your Amazon shopping there, not at Amazon.com. Ninety seven prime. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the price now. Uh, free shipping for Prime members, and doesn't cost you a penny more. You know the spiel. We've, we've talked to you. you know, just go there right now and look around. Go there right now and just spend your entire paycheck on stuff. But remember, <laughs> don't go to Amazon.com. That's that's old. That's hat. for suckers. Craftbeerradio.com/slash/Amazon. Same great prices. But you won't be a sucker. It's it's a it's a better store. All right. So we're actually going to drink the rum barrel aged quad before we drink the two and a half percent cola beer because we don't want that aspartame and saccharin <laughs> and the German cola beer to wreck our palates and not enjoy this rum barrel quad. This is from Licking Hole Creek. You bought this, like you said, at full price. You yep. made a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> sarcastically. Yeah. Or maybe. Absolutely. Know, just having fun. Absolutely. So we met these guys at Looking Hole Creek at Saver two years ago mm-hmm. and tasted some of their beers. It was good. And we knew they were somewhere in Virginia, but not much more than that. And when I was leaving the beach for vacation a couple weeks ago, I um, was going to Devil's Backbone. And... I saw that. That's pretty cool. The um, I'll talk about that in a moment. And uh, a good look. Always try to look like what, what's a good lunch stop brewery wise mm-hmm. 
for lunch. And what do you know? Licking Hole Creek Craft Brewery was perfect lunch stop. And they had a barbecue truck there for lunch. Pretty good barbecue, too. It was funny. They asked, do you want a side of coleslaw? You know, like, what kind of coleslaw? (laughs) They actually asked, right? And, like, yeah, sure, I'll side of coleslaw. I like coleslaw at my barbecue. It was this tiny little, like, souffle cup. Like, it was, like, one forkful of coleslaw. Which was like nonsense to even like, yeah. uh, why why not just put it in there? Because it's, <laughs> it's wanna, definitely They should have asked, do you want a sample of gold? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so I tasted, we tasted several beers at uh, Licking Hole Creek. They had, um, we missed, they had this beer, the coconut version of this beer. They had like the week before, we just missed the release of that. But they had, um, they also had a, bur- a bourbon barrel aged stout on tap. And then a couple of hoppy beers, really good stuff. And it's a beautiful. It's like building like on a farm up on a hill. It's it's a really scenic place, kind of like um, Southern Tier. If you've ever been to Southern Tier, um, where it's like out in the middle of nowhere, farmish. They have a place for a band. Sorry, there's a there's a very prominent UPC symbol. I just wanted to search on it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's not well, picking up Your anything. UPC symbol is searching for, like, mass market. Like, yeah. I, 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 just, I, I thought it would be funny to, to, to try out what my, my UPC scanner on it. See what it came up at? Yeah. Nothing. That's interesting that there is a UPC symbol on a beer that is, like, sold, like, mm-hmm. explicitly at the brewery. So this is a Bachelor's Delight. This is a rum barrel aged Belgian-style quadruple, 12% alcohol volume. Less than 2,000 bottles produced of this. We have bottle number 412. Which is kind of neat because we're in the area code 412. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, that is kind of (laughs) cool. You're not a 724 number? Well, I am. Yeah. I was bending bending reality just a little bit. As long as you don't break it. It is aged in Nicaraguan rum barrels for over 12 weeks. And... They say it pairs exceptionally well with roasted lamb. Well, isn't that nice? If only we had some roasted <laughs> lamb. <laughs> All right. It also is great with white truffles and with gold. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's pretty dark. It's a dark yeah. brown, very cloudy. Yeah, call it 35. The, the, the rum and the rum barrel kind of dominate the aroma. Oh, wow, they sure do. You're not getting much Belgian quad. I don't know. Give it, keep keep sniffing. Okay. I mean, off the off the top, I was getting like coconut and oak, coconut husk, things like that. I wasn't getting the quad type things, you know, the cherries and pears and bananas. And, They're there. They're definitely there. There's a lot of that coming out. So once the rum volatilizes a bit, yeah, I think you'll definitely pick them up. Here's a quiz. How many times have I said definitely on this show? Definitely. <laughs> Was that a Rain Man type yes. thing? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Need to work on your impression a bit. Sorry. But I, I picked it up, so it's not like... Well, right. Work, yeah. I haven't watched Rain Man or anything with Dustin Hoffman in, in a very long time, so forgive me. Was Dustin Hoffman on the 30 Rock episode? I seem to think he was. That's probably the last thing I've seen him. <laughs> I don't recall that one. Lost oh, sweet boar. Anyway. 
yeah, the rum quality is definitely there. There's a lot of that coming off of this, and still coming off, and it's still volatilizing. But I, I definitely smell underneath it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. These dark fruits, these you know, pears and and plums and cherries and stuff like that. Yeah, the the flavor for me. <clears throat> excuse me, the flavor. Oh wow, that gets really interesting at the end. It does start out kind of with that oaky, kind of boozy, rum-like character. But then it kind of goes... For me, the first step, it cruised past those dark fruits and those dried fruits that you get in a quad. But now I'm getting really fascinating, like, coffee beans and cocoa nibs and coconut. I was going to say, I'm I'm getting some phenolic stuff. A little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of clove, and yeah, some some bitter notes there that are, yeah, tobacco-y, kind of reminiscent of that. So yeah. vanilla, I mean, mm-hmm. just really, and they're they're kind of popping in and popping out. This is one of those ones that's going to develop as we drink it, like we talked about very early yeah. on, and uh, like up to a minute after you take a sip, you're still getting these things popping onto your tongue and you're tasting them. So, I mean, this is the beer that gives and gives and gives. I'm getting about 63 degrees of the interface. This is probably about 58 degrees or so. That's a good point. Probably could warm up a little bit for a beer like this. They say serve at 55 degrees. Yeah, I'd say give it some some more, more degrees. Just to open that thing up. Head's still remaining on this sucker. Big bubbles. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it starts out at the beginning of the sip. You get probably the best picture of straight up Belgian quad getting. I got to get another sip. It, it, so much is changing that it's hard to remember what you want to talk about mm-hmm. at the beginning of the taste. Yeah, that, that brown sugar and mm-hmm. uh, some of the little, little deeper molasses stuff comes in, and then it kind of goes away pretty quickly. Uh, I think some of the rum and oaky stuff goes in there ju- a little bit, then kind of goes away. Then, I, I, well, it's a little bit remaining behind, it's particularly oak, and okay, it got really <laughs> interesting. Uh, go ahead. You talk. Let me try to figure out what I can about this one. It's it's tough because it, it it's it's such flashes of flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from you know, I agree a lot with what Greg had described there. A little, a little bit later in the taste, big vanilla flavor, like vanilla beans. Not so much like vanilla oak, but like straight up vanilla beans. See, I'm trying to find that coffee flavor I was getting before. I'm not getting it again. So it's evolved a little bit. Try to get to the halitizer. There it is. Suck in some air. And I think you'll you'll pick up that, that coffee note. You need to get some of the some of it to volatilize a bit. Right. There's a lot going on here. It's really good. It's it's a very I mean, so it's like it's really good. It's not to the like when we had um, Dark Star, where it yeah, was like yeah. transcendental. Yeah, this is it's it's a well made quad. 
it's it's a well made quad. It's one that I really want to take some time with and you know get mm-hmm. to know. Uh, it's not angels aren't singing, but it's mm-hmm. it's just below that. Yeah, it, it it it's a it's a good beer. I would I I don't know if I'd go far to say you know it's a super good beer or like you know an exceptional beer. It's a it's a good quad. I think I paid eighteen dollars for this bottle. It's probably worth it. Yeah, I think that's worth it. You know, this is a twelve percent beer. It's yeah. it's it's a well made quad with a lot of interesting stuff going on. Uh, yeah, like you said, not transcendent in terms of of, of what's going on in there, but it, but in terms of what you what you want and expect out of a quad, it's delivering. Yeah, and there's there's lots of yeah. things that you want and expect from a rum barrel beer, mm-hmm. you know, quad or not. So it's giving a lot. It it just doesn't have quite have that that extra note to make yeah. it wow. But it doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm still enjoying it mm-hmm. quite a lot. And just kind of, you know, just putting that mark out there just to differentiate it from some truly amazing beers. This is just a very good beer. Mm-hmm. Just very good. I mean, it 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 deserves to be said that that there are beers that, you know, that take this... Um, they, they they take this task and they run with it and they do something extraordinarily special with it. And I'm not, and I don't think this beer has done that. This beer has done a very, a very good. It's a very good beer because quads are very good beers. There's they're not, you know, certainly no flaws with mm-hmm. it, uh, but there's nothing uh, incredibly distinctive about it that makes it, you know, that makes it a sparkling star. In an array of other beers, in an array of other quads, particularly. So I, I'm just you know pointing out, yeah, for eighteen bucks you get your money's worth. It, it's not you know it, this is not something you go, oh my god I had the Licking Creek the Licking Hole Creek beer, yeah it's, it's just a good beer. Maybe the coconut version was the uh, the they had a coconut version. Yeah, like the week before we were there, they had a, a limited release of that. You know, this mm. kind of thing. You know, it's Dark Lord Day type thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? I went to uh, so they had they have one bathroom inside, and then they had some porta johns around. I'm glad back. you just started talking about oh, bathrooms. Oh, great, but they had a porta john around back from the, I guess the release thing. I go into the john. There's like a six pack of bush light cans crushed on the floor, <laughs> and you're at Licking Hole Creek Craft Brewery. But I guess the people that are partying for the coconut quad. Rum barrel release. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Had yeah. to pass their time with bush light. <laughs> well, here's what I'm thinking. Again, eighteen dollar beer, and pretty hefty. And, and the at, coconut at 12%. version, the coconut version was probably like twenty five dollar beer. Yeah, pretty hefty at twelve percent. You lose your sobriety pretty quickly. You might as well drink bush after a certain point, right? You're saving <laughs> I, money, and I, if that if you're just going to maintain your level of, uh, I guess. I guess that yeah. way the bush light was on the floor in the portable. I, I I expect, yeah, because why wouldn't you? I mean, here that is, I think, something that that should be said more often. That if you're going to drink craft beer, you might also want to have like just a a six pack of light beer in the house. Just you know, if you really if you like the idea of like getting getting drunk and stuff, don't waste your money on craft beer once you've gotten to that point. Just just buy the, the, the cheap stuff and, and go with that because you're not going to taste it. Hmm. And if you do taste it, you're not going to remember tasting it. So you might as well 
uh, save save money if if that's your bag. It's not my bag. So. It's not. Yeah, it's not your bag. I'm just saying it's not my bag either. But if it is your bag, hey, here's here's a tip. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Licking Hole Creek with this twelve pack of Bushlight. I, I honestly don't see the problem. I mean, two or three years in, we we were very much snobby on the beer thing. Now I really do not have a problem with uh, with. with with those type of beers or people who drink those beers. It's just a different thing. It's yeah. a different thing and I have no problem with it. I just like the uh, juxtaposition mm. of going to a rare beer release and bringing Bushlight. All right. Well, so. j- just imagine this, though. You've had like three Bushlights and then you have one of these. Amazing. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, then the angels would sing. Yeah, exactly. So, in, in a sense, you maybe you're just you, you're doing a flight thing to prepare yourself. <laughs> just, just make it that much better. All right. So, we're going from 12% to 2%. 2.5. Okay. Whoa, two and a half. So, this is sessionable. Yes, very sessionable. This is a kombucha level sessionable. Uh, the original cola beer from Browdery Braunschweig. In Germany, this is also uh, a <laughs> also a a pounder can. It's a red, bigger than pounder, half liter, can. half liter. The color is what is this? All right, so this is kind of a reddish, uh, reddish brown. I guess you're looking at around. Tw- 25 to 30 in that range of SRM. Nice big uh, kind of shaving cream pillowy head on this sucker. And yeah. Don't have much else to say about the look of it. I wish I could read this label without sounding like a schmuck. <laughs> Not sounding like that's German for jewels. Um, yeah. Remember that English is a Germanic language. Uh, I know, I know, but I still... I, I read it when you were prepping the show and yeah. stumbling through it. And yeah, it didn't sound quite right. No. It's hard. There's a lot of words I'm not familiar with on that label. There, there's a lot of ingredients in here. And, and as Jeff was saying, Ryan Hines can win much? <laughs> yeah, not so much. Uh, 2.5% alcohol by volume. Something smells... Weird about it because it's not a beer as much. I mean, it's a it's an so, alcoholic cola, is what yeah. it really is. So it it, it smells. Uh, it has a citrusy thing to it, kind of a uh, lemon lime. It's like something a little bit plasticky. I'm getting plasticky yet. I mean, I was expecting to, but I'm not really getting the plasticky. Yeah, it's yeah. the same mm-hmm. thing. To me, it smells a little plasticky, but who knows. Almost, almost rubber band like too. <laughs> I would love to say that it has all that and stuff, but I'm smelling something that's kind of like a, um, yeah, like a like a lemon. I was surprised. I was expecting more of a cola flavor or something, but it's kind of very citrusy, very lemony. okay. The lemon now. I'm now I'm. Thinking lemon and that rubber band is turning into lemon. That's one of the one of those things. You, you get a marker, you start to look thinking about it that way, it changes the way you look at it. Yeah. Not much beer 
aroma. Not much hops. Take a sip. It's more cola on the flavor. This would uh, this would go well with the uh, whole hard root beer fad that's going on right now. Would it? Yeah. Those hard root beers are around 5 or 6%. I think this would go well with it. This is... This, this is like a Coke with a twist of lemon or a twist of lime. Um, not as much nutmeg as like Coke has. So it's, it's more sweet. It's more like a Pepsi. Um, yeah. Beer-wise, there's maybe a slight malt body to it. But... It's not really a beer. It's more of a cola than anything else. It's not terrible. The aspartame and the saccharin in it doesn't really taste like aspartame or saccharin. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm used to the aspartame. I, I'm I, I like uh, I've liked diet colas for a while now. Um, I, I appreciate them more than d- 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 giant sugar packs that are colas uh, on the market t- these days. But so I'm not. I don't have a. I don't have a thing against aspartame. This is the two point five original. From Bowery uh, <laughs> Ronschwig. Yes, there or is. Or Ottinger. In, uh, in Braunschweig. It's in Braunschweig, yeah. Um, frankly, I'm, you know, I thought I would pour this out right away, and I'm not. Yeah, it's better than I imagined. When I was reading Aspartame yeah. and Saccharin, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to be nasty. Yeah. It's going to be like Tab. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not like, I'm not I'm not immediately going, ugh, no. Which is weird, because there, there have been other beer beers that I've done that <laughs> right, with. Right. <laughs> no, just no. Yeah. So... I I I think it it cements itself as last place simply because of what it is, but at the same time, it's like I'm not yeah I'm, I'm not like grossed out by it or anything. It's no, it's uh it's surprisingly not horrible. Mm-hmm. It I do think it it plays in that realm of hard root beer. Maybe it does. I, it probably does. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like the hard root beers I've tasted have been a little bit more present in their alcohol, and this one really is very hard to tell that it's alcoholic. I, it's particularly after we've had a lot of beers, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not tasting the alcohol really. Uh, not tasting the quality of alcohol in there at all, and so. But but most more of the hard beers, hard root beers we've had have had a much more present alcohol flavor to it. I think that's kind of an American uh, thing. I think that people like that when they take their um, I guess this is more of an alcohol pop so the alcohol is more hidden but we will have the hard root beers that we've had they've been more beer geek friendly and they've been trying to highlight at least some of their alcohol. Yeah, I mean so there's a really big hard root beer on the market right now. Which we haven't had. It's uh, not your father's root beer. I saw that because I was at the. Uh, I was recently. I was looking for some more habaneros culpin. Couldn't find it. I, I saw grapefruit. I saw regular. I did not see habanero. Ah. 
I think I saw it in the bottle, but it was like four fifty a bottle. I was like, I just, I just want to buy a six pack. Mm-hmm. So, the, um, it's not your father's stuff. The Strange Brews podcast, the one that's like actually like national, like public radio in Chicago, mm-hmm. they did this whole like re, like expose, like investigative journalism thing last week. Ooh, and like there's apparently like. Small town brewery. Are you telling me that it is your father's root beer? It is your father's, <laughs> but it—it's it, interesting. I don't have any opinions yet, but they're like talking about like this dude that owns the small town brewery. Like he's like a barely a home brewer that does brew in a bag brewing, and like people have seen the system. And there's no way he can make like that, like nine uh, percent root beer, like mm-hmm. on that system. It just the the brew in a bag says kettle's not big enough and then Pabst bought the company but the trademarks were registered by the company that did four logo and oh so it's all a a sham or it seems like it's all a sham it seems like it's all a sham and like they started out like craft beers about authenticity which you know you're rolling your eyes, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It, it's hard to radio me rolling my eyes, but yes, that is exactly what I'm doing. Uh, not that there aren't very authentic craft beer people, but let's be honest, it's a business. They actually had Ray Daniels on, like tasting the beer. You know, like yeah. it was. It was interesting. And part two, I see, was just released uh, the seventh. Today, part two was released today, so the follow-up on the expose of Not Your Father's Root Beer. If nothing else, what I hope to present with this show, and what I hope, I think Jeff hopes to present with the show, too, is that we are honest to you, sometimes to a fault, but we are honest with you. And part of our honesty is, is I think that we feel the whole authenticity matters thing is way overblown in terms of, of what we get. As long as we get good beer, we're happy. And whether it's authentically craft or not, I mean, we live in a world full of marketing stuff, constantly full of marketing stuff. How much marketing speak do I skip past when looking at all these beers, whether they are from authentic craft brewers or not? I don't really mind that they market. That's what the world is. So I hear what you're saying. And and I'm generally open to all kinds of good beer. I do have what's what I'm looking for. It's not a, a disinterest. It's things that where things that are like just like beer marketing companies, right? Uh-huh. Where they like don't make the beer. They right. own, they just own the trademark for the product mm-hmm. and they're selling the product. That is like even if it's a flavorful product, it's like for me, it's like so different from those ideals of craft brewing that I don't buy the ideals so yeah, much. I, I, know I you agree don't. with 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 way back when Lou Rice wrote the thing: Is the beer in my glass good? Does it taste good the second time I taste it? Sure, it's a good beer. I hear those, but I'll also be more inclined to um, support a brewery over a beer marketing company. <laughs> See to me, and this may this may qualify as something of a political statement. Everything's so entwined at this point on that level yeah. that I I stopped. 
caring about that a while ago. Uh, I, I don't think there's much of a difference. I, I think that there are there are some there are sort of tears certainly, but I the, mean, oh, so I think if I remember right, I think they said um, not your father's root beer. It like it's it's like huge. If I remember right, he said it's the biggest selling craft beer in Ohio. Okay. But that's you know you it it's mostly alcopop, right? Does it count as a craft beer? Well, they if you read their literature, it's brewed like beer, it's hopped, it's this and that. So they're marketing it as craft beer. Even if it tastes like alcohol, but does it count as a craft beer according to like the Brewers Association? Because I know that's being a big thing. Does it does it fit under the small? Brewers? They are selling it as craft beer. I don't know what well, the mean, BA's opinion. Blue Moon selling themselves as craft beer too. Yeah, I don't know what the BA calls it. They're selling themselves as craft beer. You know, and and do I have a problem with an alcohol pop? A good? What if I like it? Right? Mm-hmm. What if it's Better than this, mm-hmm. this two point five original, because this isn't bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, what if I like it? I like shandies. I don't piss on shandies because yeah. they're this bastardized. A great blend shandy is of... great, man. I, I still remember. Uh, uh, what was it? The rad. Yeah, rad from from six point from six point. That's that was so good. Yeah, I mean, I like shandies. There was a point in my life where I was a purist, and mm-hmm. why would you want to blend? Your beer with lemonade. Right. What the heck is that? Um, But no, I have no problem with any Rattler or Shandy these days. I have very little problem with beer cocktails. Take a Pilsner and orange juice. It's a good combination. You know, so I'm pretty open to those Mimosa, is that what it's called? (laughs) Beer mimosa. Mm. Um, That was the first time I had it was a Prima Pils and orange juice at a brunch thing. Uh, Yeah, that definitely... Good combination. Just don't uh, brush your teeth beforehand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, I could there be a craft alcopop that I like? Yes, there could definitely be a craft alcopop that I like. Do I care that a craft alcopop is calling themselves a craft you might, beer? You might argue that Rad is a craft yeah. alcopop. I, I called that a beer cocktail when we drank it. Mm-hmm. It tasted more like a beer cocktail, and I didn't have yeah. a problem with that. Uh, so, do I have a problem with a beer... Are craft alcopop calling themselves craft beer? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, no, not really. I mean, I like the alcopop term more, but I'm not going to really jump on them for that. Where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line? What about, think about the two strawberry beers we had tonight. Okay. Right? They were very fruity, especially the straw gator. Yeah. Would you call... How close were you to calling the Straw Gator an Alcopop? I was extraordinarily far from calling the Straw Gator Right, but it was still a very, very sweet, candy-like dessert beer. It was. It, it made its alcohol more apparent, though. I, I, the the thing I, I think is is distinguishable about Alcopops is that they're, they do a lot to hide the alcohol. They're sweet, sugary drinks, yeah. mostly, right? Right. Where the Straw Gator didn't come across as a sugary drink. Yeah. It was a fruity beer, but not a sugary drink. Where, okay, so think back to Sam Adams' hard root beer. 
that doesn't strike me as an alcohol uh, as an alcohol. Alco pop. No. no. So you reserve alcopops for flavored malt beverages. Basically, flavored malt beverages that that really try to hide the alcohol. But you just mentioned you might call rad an alcopop. Yeah, I might. So, I don't know whether it's trying to hide it, but it did hide it very well. But it wasn't very high. See, so for me that doesn't that doesn't jive with the other things we just talked about. Okay. For me, rad. I w I would feel fine with calling a rad a beer cocktail. I think there was a significant amount of pineapple juice in that beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they bottled it, you know, or canned it and yeah. put it out. I don't have a problem with rad. Rad was delicious. Was it grapefruit juice or pineapple? For me, it tasted like there was like like. It was uh, at least a quarter pineapple juice. Okay. You know, that's what it tastes like to me. But there's a, I mean, there's a thing, you know, we call it a shandy, but I, I don't know that it's that distinguishable from an alcopop. But I, I do I do feel like alcopops are more constructed than mixed. And I don't know if that if, if that makes much sense, but it's like you know when I think of the like the, the 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 prototypical alcopop, I think like Zima, right, or Smirnoff Ice or something, something that's really well, sure. I mean, those are easy. Yeah, yeah. Those are they brew a beer, they f strip out like all the flavor, mm -hmm. and then they add artificial flavorings right. or natural flavors back in. Uh, for me, you know, you know, like a these root beers. I I personally would call them on the top end of alcopops. You know, the ones I can tolerate. Mm -hmm. They're not this nonsense that it's not even worth drinking. Right. For me, rad and other shandies. You know, line and kugels or. Right. Uh, Sierra Nevada, or I'm not Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I, I don't Nevada. feel like those, those are Alcopops. No, those aren't Alcopops. I mean, many of those do carry a, a beer quality. Yeah. Rad's like the one that doesn't carry like yeah. a significant beer quality, but it, it does have a beer cocktail quality. Yeah. It, I mean, that's just a big spectrum. There's a bunch of it, blurred it, that's lines That's exactly there. what it is. It's a spectrum. And, and a so bunch it, of blurred it, lines there. It's very hard to put dividing lines down. On, on such a on 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 a spectrum that's so as I large. Think, as I think I think what now. we came down to is we need to taste not your dad's root beer. Yes, we do. And I think I will probably come down with the Lou Bryson mantra of you know does it yeah. taste good? Is it consistent? And did they use child labor? Frankly, I mean, <laughs> we've done <laughs> did they use child labor. That was the third tenant, right? <laughs> I don't. I didn't remember that, but that is funny. Um, so credit to Lou on that one. Uh, I I I think that you know we've done shows that are different than just beers. We might want to do an Alcopop show. If you're talking about ones that are conceivably good, I yeah. mean, If you want to drink like Seagrams and Zima and shit like that, no, I no, that. I, Zima isn't even made anymore, at least in the U.S. But I mean. I, I think we might want to try to do a show that's like, all right, let's let's try to get the closest things alcopop we can that that are on the market that aren't that we know aren't like, bleh. and oh sure, we could do we could do part of this hard root beer mm -hmm. fad. We could look at other, you know, heavily fruited shandies and rattlers and right. things. But yeah, like uh, flavored malt beverages, mm -hmm. I I don't 
want to waste my time. Yeah, I don't want to go with the smearing off ISIS and things like that. Uh, but I, I think there's room for for discussing the uh, alternatives to simply beer. All right, I think we need to wrap this show. Probably. This was this was on topic, so mm-hmm. I didn't cut it short. But I think we've about hit our limit. I so, think so too. time to rank from the bottom. If you would like to, if you have any suggestions, by the way, send them in. Oh yeah, if you have a good Alcopop, you know the the craft Alcopops. That's what we call them, craft Alcopop. Craft Pops. Craft Pops. (laughs) I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm not sure. Like you said, the 2.5 was obviously the bottom to me. Yeah. For me, it's pretty close. I mean. Yeah, I think it probably still is the bottom, but it's just, it's not like the basement. Uh, it, it's, there have been worse bottoms on the show. Considerably worse bottoms on the show. Yeah, so the 2.5, I'll put Weird, that. Weirdly enough. <laughs> I'll put that at the bottom, but it was an interesting blend of cola and citrus beverage and, but but not really, the, none of the beer flavor was apparent. Mm, yeah. Like it didn't carry any of the beer flavor. Sure, it has hops in there. It has malt extract. It has malt and Vosser, um, but none of it was really apparent. Maybe the Vosser was apparent. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna put the uh, Straw Gator in one, two, three, four, fifth place. Uh, it was it was fine. It was very very sweet, yeah. but it didn't come across as too sweet. It didn't come across as alcohol poppy or gimmicky or medicinal. Uh, just a very sweet beer. If you like really sweet fruity beers, Straw Gator is the beer for you. Uh, you know, I like a little more uh, subdued flavors. I like a little more complexity. I'm going to put. The Carolina Strawberry in fourth place. This one was fascinating because they call it a cream ale with strawberries. I got the significant tanginess. You know, mm-hmm. it may have been just acid from the strawberry juice, but it almost tasted like it was kettle soured. You know, I had this Berliner Weiss character to it, and I really attached to that. It really sang home to me. And and I enjoyed the beer. It had a, The aroma of the strawberries was lackluster, but the flavor was really good on that one. In second, second place, yeah, third place. Gotta rank these three already. Mm-hmm. There's three more. Oh, I lost track of the um, of this year, Nevada. Um, I am going to put. gets hard I th- I have mine done I think I know what yours is and I think yours is going to be different than mine but we'll see um oh uh, hard you know what no it's very I mean so the strawberry Carolina strawberry and the top four are all really close for me um I'll put the Sierra Nevada Hop Hunter in the next place. I, I like the, the hoppiness of that, but you know, we had some uh, pretty good beers on top of it. Uh, it carried that 
extract top oil thing, the distilled top oil thing, pretty well. I really enjoyed how it was kind of raspy and reminded me of Harvestdale. The uh, second place, I think I have to put the the Kronbacher pills in second place. It was delicious. It was, it went down, it hit the marks. It was a delicious pilsner. Can was fresh. Really enjoyed it. It, I can't, no, I can't, I think I, while the um, Licking Hole Creek wasn't transcendent, Mm -hmm. it just brought such a show that I had to put that in first place. You know, it deserved first place for me yeah. because, you know, there was so much. Well, we talked about, you know, we drank the Kronbacher. We loved it. But then we ran out of things to say because it oh, wasn't really. It is a little bit hard. But it wasn't really, you know, the, once we, we, we pretty much mapped it out. Yeah. And we're done. Where the um, Looking Hole Creek, the Bachelor's Delight, you know, it just was one of the ones that brought it and kept giving us more and more to explore. It had nooks and crannies, and that really is, you know, that's interesting and exciting, and that's what gets a beer, gets a beer to the top. Yeah, this is this was an interesting show because, it's like some other shows, nothing is as spectacular and, you know, wah, shiny like light, light from heaven down. But I think they all sort of fell into their places, and it turned out my, my ranking is exactly the same as yours. So put the 2.5 at the bottom... Uh, because it doesn't really, it's not really beery so much, and it was competing against things that were beery, and uh, I liked the beery stuff more. But it wasn't bad. <laughs> it was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. If anything, you can drink a 2.5% beer at yeah. the end of the show and still taste everything in it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something. Probably because it has the aspartame and the saccharin and all the other stuff in it. Uh, number five, yeah, the Abina, the Straw Gator, a little, yeah, a little oversweet, a little, like I said, a little too manufactured. The flavor is a little too Twinkie-like for me. Uh, number four, the Foothills, this Carolina Strawberry, and I, I thought it was well done, but it was just sort of overshadowed by the other beers. Number three, the Sierra Nevada, well done again. I didn't like it quite as much as Jeff did, but uh, you know I appreciate it for what, what what they were trying to do and what, what was going on there and sort of the science involved. Uh, number two, the Kronbacher. That's a that's a good pilsner, mm-hmm. you know, quality pilsner, but uh, sort of beaten out by the Licking Hole Creek just simply by the nature of what it is. So all these kind of slid into their right. proper places, yeah. uh, but it, it still. Was an interesting show, and I'm you know glad to have tried these beers. All right, we are at one hour. <laughs> We're an hour and twenty two minutes. Long show. Thanks everyone for putting up with us for this long. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Oh, I hear what you're doing. This isn't Dire Straits. <laughs> Bubble in some crude. Alright, well. If you want to contact us, you can send us a tweet at Craft Beer Radio, at Jeff Bear, or at CBR Greg. Uh, emails beer at craftbeerradio.com. And don't forget to use our Amazon referral link at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Hills, that is.
keep forgetting to mute us.